Wednesday, January 9th, 2019. This is Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. We are continuing our week of content and interviews from SVA's NATCON, which I attended last week. Monday, we talked with President of Student Veterans of America, Jared Lyon. Yesterday, we spoke with three Student Veteran of the Year finalists, and today we will speak to two more. We originally had three set for the interview, but the third was unable to make the recording session and unfortunately was not able to follow up with her. So just the two today, we're going to learn from student veterans Chanel Powell and Tyler Freeman. We're going to learn about their chapter's big wins in 2018, learn about their outreach philosophies and how to get student veterans to participate. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about including military-connected personnel, such as ROTC students, dependents, military spouses, etc., in their chapter's endeavors. Enjoy. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. Chanel, we will start with you. Tell, give us uh, name, university, year, and uh, what you're studying and what your role is at the, the chapter there. My name is Chanel Powell. I go to the university at Buffalo. I am in my junior year, and I am president of my chapter out of the SVA. Perfect. Tyler? So my name's Tyler Freeman. I'm a first-year MBA Juris Master's candidate at Emory University. Uh, my MBA concentration's in finance, and I'm also at the law school working on an M&A master's degree. Uh, my involvement with my chapter, uh, the Emory Veterans Association, I'm the chief of staff. So what I like to say is, is that while the president and vice president are making decisions, I'm making it happen. Happy to be here. I like that. Very good. Uh, Chanel, we're gonna, we'll start with you. Um, uh, as we wait for uh, a third member, if they if they get here, uh, tell us tell us what a big win that your chapter had in 2018. I'd say our biggest win was getting started. So we are the newest chapter of the SVA. Oh, it's awesome! Uh, just this past semester, we were recognized. Last semester was actually my first semester in the school, so we just hit the ground running, getting formed up. That was the biggest thing: getting members, getting our student vets to come together and get the camaraderie that we all want. Very cool. Tyler, what'd you have? What'd you guys have doing in 2018? Yeah, she had to start with that. That's so hard to beat. I mean, it's so wonderful <laughs> yeah, getting started. You know, Emory's in a very similar position, right? Emory is a highly selective university in the South, and and one of the things that we have to overcome is getting veterans to apply. You know, we're not in the Ivy League, but in some instances, we view ourselves having the same challenges that those highly selective universities do. And one of the interesting things was is that we had applicants but no one was accepting our offers to attend because of what they thought were hurdles to admissions or hurdles to finance or being in Atlanta away from their family or the environment at Emory. They didn't think that there were a lot of veterans there that could be representative of their population or who they wanted to be. So a win for our chapter is you know, we worked with the admissions and showed them, look, we have veterans that are applying. They're just not saying yes to us. Yeah. So why don't we say yes to them earlier? And why don't we fly 10 of them to Emory University undergraduate candidates that have we've extended acceptances to let's fly them to the university on our dime put them up in the campus hotel 
and then have them interact with the student veterans here on campus. Let's have them experience campus as it is, right? As a liberal arts, very diverse campus where they can learn so much about themselves and the community, but then also pair them with an MBA student that can serve as a mentor for them and then show them what Emory University is about. So removing that barrier and convincing people through Emory's ability to finance their travel to experience our university for what it's all about. Yeah. And that's what we're excited about uh, implementing in March this year. That's incredible. Yeah. How established is your chapter there at Emory? So our chapter has been established for a few years now at this point. Uh, I'm the chief of staff. Jesse Sladek is the uh, president of the association. We also have a treasurer. Uh, one of the interesting things about Emory is our undergraduate population is, is very small. Uh, in fact, it's almost non-existent. And the interesting thing about interesting. that is, is that our graduate programs have the predominant number of veterans on campus, between 44 MBA students that are veterans across all of the MBA programs and around 90 veterans on campus as a whole, most of them are in graduate programs. And so my job at Emory is to convince the undergraduate community that veterans are the smart choice to bring on campus. And that's what we're attacking is saying, look, we're great candidates. The, I'm enlisted. I'm the only enlisted person in my business school class in the graduate school. And so I'm trying to show them there are people like me that deserve a high flying education that Emory can provide. So we're really working on building our chapter. I'd say Chanel is actually ahead of us in making sure that veterans on campus have a voice. Uh, and at Emory, we're trying to make sure that the university puts their money where their mouth is and brings more of us on campus in an undergraduate capacity. Yeah, that's why. Wonderful. Uh, Chanel, what, do you, what, is, uh, what are you guys doing up in Buffalo to, for, for outreach? You're a brand new, uh, brand new chapter. Uh, the big, a big struggle that people have on campus is letting veterans know not only are you here, but you should be a part of it. A lot of veterans, we had this problem at American University where there were plenty of veterans that were on campus that didn't want to associate with the, vet, with, the, with the chapter. And so we both wanted to respect their distance while also making sure they understood the value that the chapter had. What was your outreach plan in Buffalo? Of course. So I, I think the biggest thing was finding and identifying the veterans. Now, I don't know about you guys, but we're pretty easy to spot, whether it be the backpack, the haircut, you know, we know what we look like. So I literally started just going up to anybody with a backpack, anybody with a with a high and tight, like, hey, are you enlisted? Are you prior service? Are you a vet? And either be like, get away from me or like, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, am. Why? For sure. Yeah. It's and then I, I would just, I would attack from there. It's like, Hey, me too. Uh, let me talk to you. I have snacks in my backpack. I could show you a really cool lounge. I got snacks there, there, are ga there are games. We have coffee. Like, let me, let me talk to you a little bit more about, uh, about us. Okay. There, there's more of us and I'm trying to find them. So the biggest thing was like me just hitting the campus and finding each and every person and grabbing them. I love that method of outreach, right? Just uh, the <laughs> grassroots effort that you took, um, you know, and I think that you hit the nail on the head. What's the value that we're articulating? And that's what we've really focused our efforts on at Emory is saying, you know, here are the reasons why you should be a part of our chapter, why you should actively participate and why, you know, if, in, if we view it as like self-declaration, right? How are you self-selecting into the Emory Veterans Association? And we looked at it from the standpoint of what are we providing students with that make us worth their time. Because as busy undergraduate students, you know, they have so much going on in their lives already between class and then looking, you know, most of people who apply to Emory University are transfer students, so they're probably sophomores or juniors, they're looking for internships, so they're super duper busy. So what we looked at is, is what are, what are the professional development opportunities that we're giving them? We have world-class faculty at the business school. We've got a lot of military talent that, that's in graduate school that has a lot of experience in where these undergraduate students are at right now. So how are we providing them with opportunities for professional development? 
How are we giving them opportunities to connect with influential alumni to help them progress? Because everybody wants to go to college to get a better job, get a better life. And so how are we enabling our students to know that this is what you get when you sign up to be part of Emory Veterans Association. So really focusing on the professional development, the networking skills, um, and just making sure that they know that they have a community of people that they can rely on on campus that are always gonna be there regardless of where the wind's blowing that day. Chanel, once you had people in, the, once people are attracted to the chapter, they're there, now it's time for like activities, events, whatever it may be, whatever activities that you get your chapter going. One of the big, um, on campus in general, not just student veterans, but on campus in general, there's a difficult time getting people to go from being interested in something to actually active. participating in that in that event. Um, what did you do this past year to, to motivate participation? So my biggest thing was asking the chapter members, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? How do you want to help your community that you're now living in, right? And once you get their interest, once you ask them what they need and what they want to change, they're kind of obligated. It was their idea. Yeah. You know, these are changes that you want to see happen. So I, I will put it into fruition. You know, we can put the idea out there, but when it comes time to actually, you know, put your money where the mouth is, you, you have to go out and do it. And with it being their idea, they're now motivated to also help you recruit, also help you go out and hit the ground running to make the changes that they talked about in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Tyler? You know, I've paid a lot of money to a, a great business school to learn what that's called. And it's the voice of the customer, right? Yeah. Her saying, hey, veteran, what can I do for you so that you can do for me? And soliciting that buy-in, that's so smart. I mean, look, you are much better for that and, and listening to them and, and attracting them in that way. I think that in a very similar vein, we're attracting veterans to, you know, our, our biggest issue at Emory is just getting veterans there. We yeah. think that they want to be involved because the population is pretty small. And what we've tried to do is really create a robust environment where we've got feelers out with the community affairs office like look we have access to so many programs that emory provides in terms of community service whether it's mentoring young kids with big brother big sister or whether it's actually out there uh, enhancing um, the ability for people with english as a second language to speak english here and open and work with their families even to get better jobs in and around atlanta the buford highway areas where a lot of immigrants come in first generation americans are and emory's very active there and what's interesting is, is veterans are really interested in working with that first generation american because they spent so much time in iraq and afghanistan with exactly. people who really valued these freedoms like sure. i can't tell you how many times or how often it is that you know, that I hear a veteran go, man, I got in this taxi cab the other day and it was an Afghan driving it and it was the best conversation ever because the Afghan national is like, I knew you guys from when you were there. My yeah. family was there. You guys saved me. Yeah. And then the veterans are really tied to that immigrant community. And, you know, Emory has a lot of opportunities for veterans to be involved. And I think it's finding those common interests, right? Where is the university wanting to put their efforts at and how can veterans best impact that mission? Because it's what good, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If we want school support, we have to support the school. And so if we find out what's important to them, utilizing very similar to Chanel and the voice of the customer, we ask the school, hey school, what are your primary focuses? What are you most interested in, right? And how can we utilize veterans and their expertise on campus to make attractive opportunities for them to help the school? The school sees us more active in the community. It changes the narrative from wounded warrior to social impact manager, right? And so now we've got veterans that are in it for the right reasons, helping the university. The university sees it and makes us more of a priority. So how can we make this really, really robust feedback loop 
throughout the university and that's how we're providing value to our veterans in our chapter. Very that's cool. Amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. There's a great story and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to retell it because I don't know it all, but there's a great story from like two, two or three years ago um, of a veteran five, six years after he had gone back from, uh, from deployment was visiting some city, gets in a taxi cab and a translator that he worked with in country was his driver. Sorry, and like, no they, and they Sorry. realized it like halfway through the ride and like they just pulled over and like had this big embrace. It's a, it's a really amazing story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Atlanta is such a diverse city. People come there. It's a, it's a really big hub in the South for, for immigrant families. And we were at a restaurant the other day and, and, uh, you know, an Afghan national owned the restaurant and you know it was me an army ranger buddy of mine uh and our and a marine corps supply officer that's now at emory as well and, and our significant others and we're sitting at the table and this guy tells us a story about how he made it to america and had an emory universe or an emory veterans association challenge coin in my pocket and i'm like you know what i don't really care that you know we don't know each other very much but i want you to know that we appreciate you being here yeah. and you know, just giving him that token of appreciation lets him know that there are veterans in his community that value his journey. And we're appreciative. Like we grow part of that population when we're over there fighting these wars and we come home and we find opportunities like that. And it was just, it was really interesting and I hate to digress, but you no, know, that's fine. That's it. Handing him a challenge coin from memory university. That's a lot of brand equity that, yeah. that we gain in a very simple gesture. And it's important for us to make sure that they know that, they're welcome here. Yeah, absolutely. When I was uh, when I was a Marine security guard, we we would have detachment coins. Whenever I traveled, I always brought 10, 10 of them with me. Yeah. And if we'd go to a bar, if we'd go to someone's house, whatever it may be, like you went to the bartender, the business owner, the cafe person, like like hey, like I'm I'm a Marine, I'm a, a, a United States military personnel in your community, and I want to show you that like we like I value you know you hosting us here and you know in your business and stuff like that. It was it was always Definitely. powerful, super smart. Um, when you guys were building, I don't know if the answer is no, the answer is no, but do, do you guys have any inclusion of dependents, ROTC students, um, other, other military connected personnel um, there in your chapter? So not directly in my chapter. However, there was a lounge that was donated to us by Lucky Davis. Okay. And so in that lounge, we have right across the hall, uh, ROTC, so that we're, we're all close and we're able to, you know, be the, the standard that they are looking up to because at the end of the day, they're going to serve in the military that we've already served in. Sure. Right. So we want to set the example on how to be a better leader. And so we keep them close to us, kind of put them under our wing, try to mentor them, make sure they're succeeding in you know, their, their grades and, and just socially being, a a good leader and a good person. So we're close by, um, we work with, we, we have dependents in the lounge. However, they're not a part of our group yet. Um, as of right now, it's just the veterans and our community we're trying to build. Yeah, sure. What sort of connection do you guys have at Emory with other military connected students? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So there are actually several spouses in the, in the business school. So I'm obviously as an MBA student, I'm in the business school most, most days. And, you know, there are several spouses of prior service Marines that I know, uh, which is really interesting. They're all spouses of Marines. Thank goodness, because, you know, there are clearly not enough Marines at Emory University being around Fort Benning in Savannah, Georgia, right next to the first and third Ranger battalions. It's great. Um, but speaking of the Ranger battalions, there's a guy, his name is Major uh, Jason Wade Zulis. He goes by Jay and Jay and I have become really great friends. And, you know, Jay is the preeminent warfighter. He's on loan to us from the U.S. Army uh, for a couple of years. I think he's got like seven deployments under his belt to Afghanistan, loves what he does, like just day in and day out, bringing the fight to the enemy. But he's a really great mentor for young folks. And, and what's interesting about Emory is there are 14 ROTC cadets that call Emory home. And they recognize the value of 
military service after their undergraduate education, even at a school like Emory University, which we think is lovely. It, you know, Emory's got a, a great tradition of, of military service between serving in the hospital corps and everything like that and all the world wars that we had. But we send our ROTC students to Georgia Tech because they have a much more established program. They've got uh, an ROTC instructor there. But I told you about Jay because Jay takes his time out of his MBA schedule. He's got a family and things like that. And he goes and he mentors these ROTC cadets so that they know that Emory is there for them when they need them. We've got this leadership in place, a major in the Army that's been fighting a war for the last decade of his life, mentoring these young students and grooming them into something. And so that's how we bring the military-connected folks to there. Just even though they haven't technically, well, they've started, I guess, as ROTC cadets. They've done some stuff, you know, helicopter operations. They go over the summer, depending on where they are in the process. But we're making sure that they understand that there's a robust community here for them. And that just because they're leaving doesn't mean that they won't have a place to come back to. Yeah. So how can we make Emory really inclusive for all manner of military-connected folks? And that's one of the ways that we do it. Okay. Uh, one more question. I know I didn't prime you guys for, but since uh, you know that ran a little fast, not having a third member, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, get one more question out of you guys. Um, Chanel, we'll start with you. This is especially valuable since you just started your, you just opened your chapter. Um, what sort of interactions have you had with like the campus, the university, and like what have, have you, what challenge maybe did you face on, on getting resources or getting sort of sort of understanding, support, whatever it may be, and how'd you guys handle that? Yeah, that's a great question. So you know how everyone always talks about bridging the gap. Yeah. So my biggest thing was we have a great support system at the University of Buffalo. I mean, there were challenges that we faced in the beginning, trying to bridge that gap because it, everybody wants to say, you know, bridge it, bridge it, uh, hear the, hear the tools, but then we have to do a hop, leap and a skip to the other side of the bridge. I just need, you know, we don't need our handheld. We need directions. We're a great group of people who have, you know, the leadership and the skills from our prior service. We, we don't need a handheld. We need just simple directions so that we can walk across this bridge and get to the other side. Yeah. So my biggest thing was making sure that I'm trying to connect us with the traditional students. You know, we want to try to destigmatize the the idea of, you know, all of our wonderful vets with our wonderful beards and, you know, big tough bad guys, because at the end of the day, we're people that you want to know. Okay. We are people that are here to help. We are here to make sure that you are able to live your best life. You're able to succeed. You're able to, you know, educate yourself in all aspects of the world because we've traveled it. So my biggest thing was trying to uh, create programs that we include traditional students with, like South, South Campus Boot Camp is a thing we did. Um, so military people, we get to have fun, see, see these kids running around doing an obstacle course, right? Uh, that's military style, and all the, all the traditional students came out. They wanted to be a part of it, but the biggest and best part was that they were also there to help us build care packages, help us write letters. We got over 1,000 care packages for deployed veterans put out, and with the traditional students help that's amazing please keep talking yeah no, yeah I'll, I'll, come on yeah what else what do you got so i mean that that was really the biggest thing though okay. is making sure that you're able to connect with the traditional students other groups there's a muslim student association in our campus we connected with them um just connecting with the groups that you know there's a stigma against because at the end of the day we're a minority we're the one percent right so you want to connect with the other 99 it's not up to them to try to connect to us we have to reach out to them sure you know True you want to have not been spoken 
Yeah. It, it's, it's so important to reach your hand out and let them know, hey, we're here and we're nice and we want to help you get to wherever you want to be. Because at the end of the day, relationships are fostered by partnership. They're fostered by friendship. And you have to be willing to put your hand out to, to meet in the middle and, and shake and say, we're, we're all here together. And that's what the community is about. That's what college is about. You know, we're, we're old enough to where we're not going to school to find ourselves. Right. As non-traditional students, we're, we're old enough. We, we already know who we are, yeah. but we, we have goals set in place, right? But we're around, you know, these 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds who are trying to find themselves. And it's important that you look at them and you say, yeah, at times it can be a little frustrating hearing the things that they complain about, hearing the things that they're struggling with, but you have to understand they're growing. You know, I'm only 22, so I'm, I'm growing as well. I don't know it all by any means. And every Sound day, like oh, no, not even close. <laughs> every day we all strive to learn something new, right? No yeah. matter how old you are. So it's so important that we're helping these, these younger students, you know, make sure that they're learning something from us and, and that our ears are open to learn from them as well because you're never too old to learn something from anybody. They could be 18 years old and teach you something you never knew. So just reaching to the other side. Yeah, I wish more veterans understood that notion that you also have to put an effort with connecting with your community and the people around you. Like you can't just, ex- you can't wait for them to come to you. So I, I agree. Truer words have never Man. been spoken. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to follow that up. You know, it's interesting. She, once again, it's a lesson that I'm paying a lot of money to learn that she already knows. It's, in essence, what she's talking about is networking, yeah. right? How are you growing that network and, and also growing your sponsorship? What can I do for you so that you can do for me? And strategic, and, par- strategic exactly. partnerships, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's about just spreading the word enough and then seeing what sticks and who's going to come out and who's going to reach across the table halfway or heck, if I have to go 60% of the way, I'm willing to make that relationship work. Right. So we talked about resources at Emory and, and all manner of things. And I think it's important to know that, you know, Emory supports its veterans. We've got a, a, one way that we show that is, is our Dean of Leadership Development is Lieutenant General Ken Keene. Hmm. Uh, he led uh, earthquake, uh, Haiti earthquake relief efforts. Uh, he was a former regimental commanding officer of the 75th Ranger Regiment. Um, you know, a, a warfighter in and of his own right and a legend in his community. And now he's at Emory University developing business students as the next generation of Emory's leaders. And so we have robust support throughout the universities for the business school as administration. And we've got support all the way up to, I'm really proud of this, the president of the university, Claire Sturrock, her husband is a Vietnam veteran. Hmm. And so the husband of the president of university of the university as a whole is a veteran. And so we use, use those connections, those leaders, those leadership levels that are in Emory to navigate the bureaucracy of higher education to do exactly what she says. I don't need you to hold my hand. I just need you to tell me who to talk to. Yeah. I have an idea. I need you to tell me whether or not we can do it. And if it's a no, how do we get to a yes, right? And so we use those layers of administration to get things like we have our annual Vet Connect in where we invite employers from around Atlanta to come in and the school pays for this, for its veterans to go to, to network with other employers. It's a big schmooze fest. It's really great. Uh, and it happens every year and the school pays for it because it shows its veterans that, Hey, the resources are here. We want veterans to succeed at Emory. You know, on top of that, the business school, 50 yellow ribbon scholarships that aren't endowed, the business school pays for it out of its operating budget, right? Wow. Veterans are so important to Emory through its leadership levels and through getting veterans there that the school is willing to pay 50 fully funded yellow ribbon scholarships to veterans to come to campus at the business school. And so 
the university is making the resources available to get undergraduate veterans there, as I mentioned earlier, the 10 that they're going to fly down to, to make sure that we can bridge that gap between communicating the value that we can provide, the scholarships that the, unit, that the business school offers, the leadership levels that are there, the willingness for the folks at the administrative levels to work with us. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to um, the chief of staff for the president. Uh, and we Clearly, we get along because we're both chiefs of staff, right? Uh, and so we, we see eye to eye on so many things, and he's opened up so many doors, and it's exactly what Chanel talks about. It's, we don't need your money. We need your help, yeah. right? How do, we, how do we navigate these channels to get access to the personnel resources? The money helps but I only want your money if I can give you something in return. Exactly. Recognizing the value of veterans here at university, what we're doing for the community, the leadership that we're doing afterwards, and the benefits we're providing afterwards as well, that's when we can have a topic about what can you do for me. But I want the university to recognize the value that we can provide, and then once we do that, let's have a resources conversation, and Emory's knocking it out of the park. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Chanel. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me, Cheers, Chanel. Man. Thanks thank for having you. us. Your insight has been great. Tyler, I, I really appreciate you carving time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk to us. Yeah, I'm going to a team meeting right as, as soon as we're done here. So I've got homework to do. Student, uh, veteran, student comes first. Yeah, I love it. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Tim. Cheers. Cheers.